Today on CityCast Chicago, COVID cases are on the rise again. Do other CityCast cities have a Midwestern feel? And which Chicagoland animal stole your hearts this summer? Lead producer Simone Ali Say and I are breaking it all down. It's Tuesday, August 8th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Good morning, Simone. How you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Welcome back. So glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you. I spent some time out in the country. And it, it really is a great segue into the first thing we're going to talk about because I was back in the airport again after some months of not really traveling in the country. And the last time I went out, there were, you know, maybe about 20, 25 percent of people still had masks. I went out this time and it was I may have seen like three or four masks in my mm. entire time in the airport. And it seems like COVID-19 cases are starting to, to creep back up. What, what do those numbers look like? Because it, it, it is nothing like what we've seen in other uh, sort of spikes, but but it is notable. Yeah, it's notable. And right. So this story came down late last week that, uh, you know, cases are up in Chicago. The Department of Public Health said that laboratory confirmed cases of COVID-19 were up 27 percent. So we're talking 67 new cases a day as of July 28th. So, you know, it's worth noting that, like, the data here is being tracked and kept a little bit differently after that. Um, those sort of states of emergency ended right earlier this mm-hmm. year, earlier this summer. Uh, sort of the requirements for data collection are a little bit different. Plus, a lot of people are doing at-home COVID tests, um, which are not tracked, obviously, the same exactly. way as if you were to go into the doctor and get a test. Um, the other sort of the those cases per day is, is again, is something higher than what we've been seeing uh, during the summer. But you know, health officials are sort of saying it's too early to sound an alarm about like a spike or a surge. Uh, The number that is kind of worth watching, though, of course, is hospitalizations. Um, And that number is week over week is really high up 43%. But again, we're talking like four people per day being hospitalized. Mm So, so, you know, while those jumps are really high because there were so few, you know, lab confirmed tests, you know, we weren't, you know, doctors were quoted in the Tribune as saying like, you know, I went weeks without seeing a COVID-19 patient. Um, and now I'm seeing a couple, uh, you know, the scale we're talking about here is nothing like what we saw even a year ago, let alone two or three years ago. Um, but, but it is something to, to watch for sure. Yeah, we were looking at thousands upon tens of thousands of more cases, new cases this time last year. But like you said, so many people are testing at home, but I've already seen it before I left. I went to a family gathering a week and a half ago and afterwards someone reported that they had contracted COVID and that meant everybody needed to test um, to figure out their own exposure levels. Um, And so I guess what we do want people to start thinking about again, if it's not, you know, those sort of state of emergency protocols, it is little things about getting more tests in your home, making sure you're keeping them. Again, we're coming up on late travel. School is about to start up in a couple of weeks. Um, and, And so we might see impacts from that as well. 
Also note, some of those those at-home tests do expire eventually. Check the expiration date on those tests. <laughs> I had that happen to me because I had I got all those free tests, you know, from when, uh, you know, through the USPS and, and through my insurance or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I can't say that, like, I'm wearing a mask everywhere these days, Jacoby. I don't know yeah. about you. No, I'm not. And I've, I mean, it's... When we started this show, that's all we talked about. I know. Right? Our very first episode is like, how has COVID changed St. Patrick's Day? Let's go out and figure it out. <laughs> uh, and, and so things have changed, but obviously the Chicago Department of Public Health uh, is asking people, if you haven't already, get vaccinated, get your booster shots. It looks like new RSV vaccines for infants and older adults are coming uh, towards the fall, but also new boosters are expected this fall as well. It also sounds like that these new boosters are going to be uh, geared toward uh, Omicron. We haven't set, said that word in a while. Remember that variant mm-hmm. that that took over last winter <laughs> that yep. everybody and their mother got sick from? Uh, yeah. Uh, so this new booster will sort of be geared toward that. We're not seeing a bunch of like new mutations like we were seeing in, you know, 2022, right? Where it was, we had Delta, we had Omicron, we had who knows what was going on. Um, so that's sort of something to look forward to as well. But yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of where we are now. Now it's like, mm-hmm. this is, you know, kids are going back to school. Like the fall is coming. Uh, there will be sort of more indoor activity. We've got travel coming up as well. So just sort of be on the lookout. Know if you've got tests at home, get some tests at home and, and have those and be prepared to go get your booster. Um, again, along with your flu shot, which we already should have been getting. Uh, and yeah. I'm now certainly much better about it than I was three years ago. Uh, so, you know, at least there's that. I'm going to never get no flu shot. Our Hey Chicago sort of poll of the week uh, was a question about who is a little more Midwest, uh, Denver or Pittsburgh. If you're not aware, CityCast is not just in Chicago, but we got other cities across the country uh, with two of those shows being in Denver and Pittsburgh. Simone, how did this question come up? Yeah, so uh, Pittsburgh, CityCast Pittsburgh, our friends over there, uh, did an episode uh, a while back sort of about what region Pittsburgh should be considered a part of. Are they Appalachian? Are they Midwestern? You know, what? Because, you know, they're kind of on that border. And then all more recently, uh, our friends at CityCast Denver and CityCast Salt Lake had a bit of a debate. And our Salt Lake colleagues told our Denver colleagues that Denver is more like a Midwestern city uh, than uh, than anything else. And so that, of course, prompted us over here in Chicago, where we are in the Midwest, in the actual Midwest, to ask, like, is there any, is there any credence to, to, to this? Like, do, are either of these cities, can they actually be considered Midwestern? And um, our readers had some very strong opinions <laughs> about, <laughs> about both of these questions. I mean, I got to ask, as uh you know somebody coming from the west coast to the midwest what are your idea like what makes a midwestern city because right neither colorado or pennsylvania are classified in the midwest uh but this argument about midwest isn't one of geography which my immediate thought was yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. more about vibes it's more about culture so so what does that look like for you uh, to me you know the midwest is uh you know a, a place like there's there's sort of a couple different like cultural touchstones that I think kind of signify the Midwest. Um, there is this sort of Midwest nice, uh, you know, thing that people talk about, which is sometimes more of a passive aggressive thing, but I think is actually 
I don't know. It's more of a genuine thing than Seattle nice. I'll tell you that much. Like it's to me, <laughs> in my experience, Midwesterners are are very friendly. They're very like neighborly uh, and kind of involved. But also that like the Midwestern urban centers, so Chicago, Detroit, St. Louis, uh, Minneapolis too, uh, Milwaukee. You know, right? That those urban centers they are sort of industrial hubs that have maybe seen better days, right? But that in their prime were so crucial to sort of the the formation of this country and like the the way travel was through this country. And so there's like a lot of Midwest pride and a lot of, uh, again, those industrial roots that that I think kind of come through uh, in the culture a lot. So that that is sort of my take uh, on on Midwestern. I will say when I was growing up on the West Coast, though, I, I probably had some some flyover country uh, bias. Yeah, I was like, I thought you was going to start talking about <laughs> cornfields and conservatives. I, you you spent it into sort of this, you know, they're, they're the heartbeat of, of, of the um, of the American story. <laughs> I was like, I, was like, I thought you just, just finished. Sorry, <laughs> start uh, snapping on us. I, I spent a lot of time getting getting taught, getting educated <laughs> on, <laughs> on how crucial the but certainly certainly when I before I first came here, I was like, yeah, corn and soy, right? That's that's what we're here mm-hmm. for. That's what's going on. And, 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 and to that point, even from what you were saying, I guess based on my stereotypes of what I think Denver or Pittsburgh are, it feels like Pittsburgh is slightly more related from that, like you said, that industrial perspective. Uh, sort of being the steel city that led the, you know, the wave of skyscrapers, even though the Southeast side will tell you a lot of that steel came from us. I imagine some of it also came uh, from our homies over in Pittsburgh. What what did the, the polls have to say about this? Where did they lean between Denver and, and Pittsburgh? Okay, so in our poll, only one person said maybe <laughs> Denver has some Midwestern qualities. <laughs> they were like, Denver is like maybe a little bit Midwestern. And literally everyone else was like, no, there's no way Denver's in the Midwest. I don't know what, what, yeah. what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh was a little bit more divisive. About half said, no, Pittsburgh's not in the Midwest. But more than a quarter said, yeah, we would consider Pittsburgh part of the Midwest. And the rest were sort of, un, you know, sort of unsure or sort of lots of nuance mm-hmm. and kind of, Oh, what you might consider sort of the the broad strokes of like why Denver is solidly not Midwest. Actually, the most common thing that was said was mountains was the fact that Denver has mountains and it's flat out here. Like we don't mm-hmm. it is. I, it's interesting because one of the things that does unite all of the Midwestern states, you know, as kind of defined by by the Census Bureau is they are. It is a really flat. It is a flat mm-hmm. plain out here that doesn't, you know, not Appalachia, not the Ozarks, right? And also not the the Rockies and the Western uh, uh, mountain regions as well. Um, I thought that was that was really funny that it was like, it's not flat out there. If you want to get your voice heard on these these polls that are coming out in Hey Chicago, the best thing to do is to subscribe now at chicago.citycast.fm and tap in. Before we let people go today, all summer long, just cute animals have dominated the story. Every week, it feels like there is a different set of animals that we are talking about here in Chicago or somewhere around Illinois. Uh, and the folks over at WBBM are running their Chicago Land Creature Championship. And their polls begin today where they're ranking eight of the best animals from the news stories this summer, uh, including Chonkasaurus. The cow running wild in Niles, 
the Millennium Park foxes, uh, of course, the piping plovers, the peregrine falcon, their, uh, the Lake County black bear, the beautiful new Lincoln Park lion cubs, uh, and the Grundy County potbelly pigs. Uh, Simone, this poll is going to run from today through September 8th uh, with Chonkasaurus coming in at the number one seed. Uh, which of these eight uh, beautiful animal stories was the one that captured your heart and attention this summer? These were all such great stories. I love a cute animal story, but I think, you know, I think I'm going to go with the plovers. And here's why. Uh, number one. <laughs> the uh, number four seed. Number four seed, piping the clover. piping plovers. Uh, you know, so so here's here's my thinking on this. Uh, number one, I actually got a chance to go out to Montrose Beach with one of the, the plover monitors and kind of hear about, you know, why the plovers were so, uh, uh, y- you know, are sort of have captured the hearts and minds of Chicagoans and bird lovers around the country um, and sort of like what they mean for uh, habitat restoration in at Montrose Beach and, and in other parts of the lakeshore. Um And which is an episode you can go back and listen to. We'll put a link to it. Highly recommend it. It was very cute. Um but but I think what I when it comes to like which animal story is best or like what we should I I kind of feel like the plovers are are like the bulls in the nineties like I am I am looking for like a like a three peat championship of like yes they are dominating this is our animal like we are dedicated to this and they're doing the work we've got you know obviously Monty and Rose are the original pair of plovers mm-hmm. that captured our hearts has passed, but we've got Imani who is the uh, offspring of that pairing plus some other new plovers that are coming into the mix and like, you know, get getting up and partying over uh, both at, at Montrose and in South shore as well. Um, so I think it's just like this great, it spans the city of Chicago. I think it's got this great long-term story. That's not just this summer. I, as, as someone has pointed out to me very recently, I'm slowly becoming more and more of a bird person as time goes on. So I'm, I'm leaning into it. Let's do it. Let's, let's go for the plovers. I hear that. I do. I want to give a special shout out to the group of the number two C, the number six, and the number eight. It's something about animals just evading being held down. So shout out to the Niles cow, uh, shout out to the Lake County black bear, and shout out to them pot belly pigs in Grundy County. I love when animals just sort of, not, and obviously it could get dangerous or whatever, but I love when like a bear is like roaming through some trash, nobody gets hurt, and it runs off. Uh, I'm cool with that. For me, I'm going to go one C lower than you, though. The peregrine falcon parents attack loop pedestrians. I came within, I'd say, about seven feet of a peregrine falcon a couple of weeks ago walking up um, the, the Lakeshore Trail. And the sound it makes as it was warning me to get away from the tree it just made it very clear through the sound it made as I was just walking that if you get any closer to this tree and my babies, I'm going to smack you upside the head. Can you recreate that sound for us right now, Jacoby? I cannot. I really can't. Could you try? I, I, could you Could you just summon it like from your memory? <laughs> 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 but it looked me right in my gullet and told me to keep it pushing. Um, I wanted to take Chonkasaurus, the number one seed, uh, not because I actually got to see it this summer, but going kayaking for the first time on the Chicago River, learning about the conservation efforts uh, that are taking place there was really cool. It was one of my best memories of this summer. Uh, but but the fear that that falcon struck in me was just 
palpable. And if you see any of the social media videos of them just diving out of the sky to just peck people coming on the sidewalk, uh, you know, it, it it's a I feel a little bit of humor when I'm watching it. I'm not going to lie. I feel, I feel bad, but I laugh a little bit. Chagasaurus, the snapping turtle that that was uh, discovered in the Chicago River, uh, a native turtle, in fact, uh, mm-hmm. uh, to the Chicago River, um, was definitely among. I, it was a tough decision uh, because that mm-hmm. is just such a great, again, another story of conservation that I love. Uh, and also, like, who doesn't love a fat turtle? Like, what? Come how, on. How are you supposed to? Uh, and you will see plenty but, of turtles on that kayak ride. So if anybody's interested linking up with the Museum of Science and Industry uh, to take a, a conservation river tour, please do. It's very fun. I do, li- I do think that... The plovers dropping down to a number four seed. It, it, I feel like people is, is doubting their dominance. I feel like people is doubting oh. what they bring to the table. Uh, they might have slept in the regular season, but they might turn it up. Who do you think is a dark horse uh, of these of these animals, so to speak? I think the Millennium Park foxes. Are the dark horse, uh, really? Yes, I do. I know they're three seed. Um, but up... Until you get to, like, the bear, I feel like the bear is the only one that is, like, I'm, like, outside of the foxes. I'm, like, oh, wow, we got bears this close to us? But I didn't realize foxes. I know we talk about coyotes a lot, but I didn't realize foxes were, like, in the city. Just, like, moving around. Like, I there. There used to be a fox in Evanston that would roam around Northwestern's campus when I was there, actually. Mm, uh, so I'm okay. actually quite used to seeing foxes in this area. So I was not like so like gagged over the foxes as I feel like okay. <laughs> the rest of Chicago was, you know, <laughs> but maybe I love that, that was you just me. introduced that into your lexicon. I, like I, that you I just, couldn't think like, of a better word. I was not gagged. I was not gagged. I could not think of a better word to describe the way, the way Chicago responded to the millennium park foxes. My dark horse pick is the pot bellied pigs. Um, oh, in, the AC. Okay. Yes. You think yeah, they're going to Jimmy Butler and make it to the, you think they're going to Jimmy Butler and run it to the finals. And here's why I feel like it it was maybe at least to me, it's the story I was least familiar with. And so it was Mm -hmm. the one I wanted to click on the most and see the video of. And you think they're going to knock off Chonkasaurus? It is deeply funny. Yeah. A few of them are just cute. But no, the pot belly pigs. I, I, yeah, I just saw about three or four of them on the farm and they are, uh, they're an interesting bunch. They're an interesting bunch. Quick reminder, make sure you subscribe to Hey Chicago at chicago.citycast.fm, not only to keep up on our polls of the week, but also to tap in with the latest in news and events. Uh, And we want to know, let us know at 773-780-0246, who do you think is going to win WBBM Chicago Land Creature Championship? We will drop a link to the poll that opens today for you. As always, Simone, I appreciate you for making time. Thanks, Jacoby. One more thing before you turn off the podcast. Chicago's Night Out in the Parks has events across the city tonight, including yoga at Wicker Park, deeply rooted dance at South Shore Cultural Center, and Field of Dreams is playing at Trebs Park and Lincoln Park. You can check the show notes for the schedule. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Subscribe to Hey Chicago and stop by to see our new website at chicago.citycast.fm. I'm back bright and early tomorrow. I'll talk to you then. Peace. Yeah, Jacoby, thanks. Sorry, can I take that again? That was dumb as shit.
please let that be the blooper, please. Can I take that again? That was dumb as shit. <laughs> 